Big thanks, Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, being on with us there. Lots of high school action going on. We'll get his uh, stuff replayed. I, I know how you, uh, I know how you kids love to give him, uh, give him the business there when uh, he calls them wrong. So uh, I have no problem getting that back up, so you can review everything Sam said. Let's go on back over to our Hammerhead Hotline. Tom Deanhart is with us. Uh, Tom, kind of, I don't know how expected it was, but the Big Ten just kind of came out today and was like, hey, by the way, here's uh, here's the revised football schedule uh, for the fall. So uh, was that a big surprise, and why exactly did they do it? No, it was not a surprise, Jared. Um, I think most of us thought this was bubbling. Uh, there were some scheduling quirks in most of the team's 2020-21 uh, slates, including Purdue's. Um, for their from their point of view, Jared, they had uh, they had scheduled for the third time in three years to go to Wisconsin, and also for the third year in a row, Nebraska was going to come to West Lafayette. So again, there were some other instances of that across the Big Ten, and they wanted to eliminate those. So they got that straight. Now, by and large, that was probably the biggest revelation from Purdue's schedule. Um, so now they're going to Lincoln, Nebraska this year, and Wisconsin's coming to West Lafayette. Uh, the order of games got shuffled a little bit <clears throat> from October specifically. Their bye week got moved. Uh, and really, that those are the big revelations. Now, Jared, there was a report from ESPN's Adam Rittenberg that the game at Northwestern on November 20th is going to take place at Wrigley Field. Now, mm-hmm. if you watch the Ben uh, Bailing today, if you look at the official websites for Northwestern and Purdue, that is not reflected in the official release. So, again, that's a report, but um, certainly maybe it's something that everybody's going to sit on, at least from the school's perspective. Maybe that that gets announced at a later date. We're talking with Tom Deanhart of GoldenBlack.com. Big Ten releasing a revised schedule for football. Uh, and, you know, Tom just brought up the Adam Rittenberg report. And it's actually part of our uh, question today on the Hammerhead Hot Topic because I was intrigued by the game and where it's being played at, although – I'm not a big fan of these games at baseball stadiums. Baseball stadiums are designed to enjoy baseball, not football, and I, and I feel like there's some real bad seats. But uh, we were asking, Tom, today, the uh, fans, let's just say that these were all possible. What road-slash-neutral game site would you most likely to attend for Purdue football? Uh, Northwestern at Wrigley Field, Illinois at Soldier Field, IU at Lucas Oil, or uh, Wisconsin at Lambeau, and a lot of the fans would like to go to Lambeau, and I don't yeah. blame them. That's, uh, that would actually make the sting of uh, playing Wisconsin a, a little bit more bearable going in, uh, <laughs> up there and, and doing that. Well, I had a theory here, too, is, like, you know, you could drive to Wrigley, no problem. Northwestern, you feel like, hey, maybe you got a pretty good chance of that. I think fans have a mental issue when it comes to Wisconsin uh, and seeing you know, how successful the running backs have been. Uh, and I thought maybe they just would rather stay away from that game. I thought the IU and uh, Lucas Oil thing would be a little bit higher, but it's actually, man, it's it's in second place right now. Wisconsin Lambeau thirty seven percent, IU twenty nine percent, and that Wrigley game at twenty seven percent. What say you? Yeah, those are some fun uh, scenarios to play out. I, I guess I would lean toward Wrigley one and Lambeau two. Uh, Soldier Field, I think it'd be cool to see the Boilermakers play up in that iconic venue along the lake. You know, Lucas Oils, you know, that, that's always a nice uh, nice stadium as well. But I tell you what, Jared, um, I mean, Wrigley Field, Purdue football versus anybody, I mean, that, how, how can that not be a home run? I mean, a lot of alumni up there to begin with. Yes, it's not a football venue, but we all know the history. 
and the charm of Wrigley Field, the neighborhood. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be an incredible experience for, for, for fans of both teams. Now, back in 2010, if you recall, Illinois played Northwestern Wrigley Field. And uh, from, I think, 1921 to 1970, that was the Chicago Bears' home. But again, uh, that's, I mean, if that, again, if that report's accurate, and I'm sure it is, that's going to be a fun game for fans. And then Lambeau Field, too. I've never gotten a chance to go there before. That'd be a blast to see a football game up there, especially a Purdue football game. So it's kind of cool that the schools are, are doing this thing outside the box. But I will, I will say this, Jerry. I still, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a college guy to the core, and I still like seeing football games on college campuses. Well, I just like to get out to go see college football game with fans. I mean, I'm at that point right yeah. now. I'll just we'll just take it I with the. You. We'll take it with that. So when we look at Purdue's uh, schedule here, they do get to start out the Big Ten slate with two home games. I feel like they they got a little bit of help there. Then they'll have a bye week there October the 9th, which is you know basically the entire conference is getting bye weeks, the uh, week six, week seven, and week eight. Um, Illinois has a double bye right now. So does uh, Nebraska. Uh, but, you know, at least it's not like you know, Wisconsin has to do their bye in like week three, which I, I can't imagine is really going to be very helpful. But uh, looking at uh, the lineup for Purdue here, uh, how do you think they made out? Do you think they got the uh, the luck of the draw like they did with the COVID scheduling? Uh, do you think it's kind of 50 50 or do you think they got hosed a little bit? Well, it's a, it's a challenging schedule, Jared. Uh, of course, the non-conference schedule did not change at all. They opened at home against Oregon State, a plucky, uh, plucky Pac-12 program, a lot like Purdue's program. Uh, don't underestimate the Beavers. And, of course, they go on the road, back-to-back non-conference games. They go to Connecticut, and they go to the Golden Dome to play the Fighting Irish Chair. They have not been South Bend to play Notre Dame since 2012. Of course, these schools haven't even played since 2014, and for long-time Purdue fans, I know that was an annual affair, the Notre Dame-Purdue matchup, so it's going to be fun to see that renewed here. And then, like you said, they take the lid off Big Ten action with, I think, Illinois and Minnesota. And, uh, you know, I, I always kind of look at the cross-division opponents, too. Of course, they always play Indiana from the Big Ten East. And that game's in West Lafayette this year. The other two opponents, Jared, they have to go to Ohio State, and they get Michigan State at home. So, I think by and large, while Indiana had a good year, you still like Purdue's chances maybe to win two of those three games. The Spartans, of course, are struggling. So I think if you look at that schedule, I think Purdue could scratch out maybe seven wins. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Look, the the thing that jumps out at me here, if I'm if I'm trying to be a negative Nancy, uh, I'm not a big fan of getting Illinois for the first game. You know, new coach, they're looking to make a statement. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that right there. You do get the bye going into uh, into the Hawkeyes game. That's a quality opponent. I'm glad they're going to have the extra week to prepare for that. That's going to be, I think, a tough stretch there. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. I feel like that's the real that that's very tough. And of course, you're going to end the season, man. This is this is kind of Ohio State on the road. Uh, that game at Wrigley, and then you're at home. Uh, for the bucket against Indiana, and probably those last three games are the one that you're kind of like. Oh, boy, you better get some wins before you get to that one because that's going to be a tough stretch. Yeah, you want to have some momentum going into November for sure. And uh, you talked about opening the Big Ten schedule at home with back-to-back games. I think that was something Mike Bobinski wanted to preserve because, like I said earlier, Purdue plays those back-to-back non-conference road games. I don't think Purdue wanted to open Big Ten play by having to go, having to go back on the road. And, yeah, why Illinois may be a little motivated with Brett Bielema now, the head coach, I still always going to take my chances 
against the Fighting Illini. And then Minnesota, Jared, I mean, is there one team that Big Ten owes, that Purdue owes it to more than Minnesota? They've just been torturous to the Boilermakers since P.J. Fleck got there. So maybe this is the year Brahma Company can beat them for the first time since 2017. And like you said, you mentioned Wisconsin. Boy, that's the team that's had Purdue's number for almost 20 years now. I think they've won 14 or 15 in a row. Purdue's came close, so close to beating those guys, especially the last time in Ross State Stadium. So plenty of motivation for the Boilermakers squad. Jared, I think this could be maybe maybe Brahms' most talented team, at least offensively, one of the more talented ones, even, even without Rondell Moore. I, I, I like that, and I say that because I love the offensive line. I think it could be very good. And anytime you're good up front, you have a chance to have a good offense. Well, you know, when he brought in uh, three quality offensive linemen, too, I, I know it's harder to get those guys up to speed uh, as uh, true freshmen, but still replenishing that. I, I do want to get into a couple other things that you uh, posted up about on GoldenBlack.com. Pro Day has been set. I know you're a big fan of Derek Barnes. I've sung his praises, but uh, you were talking about him in some elite company, possibly one of the uh, best to uh, ever do it for Jeff Brom. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, as a guy who really uh, outplayed his, 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 his Rivals.com star rating, a diamond in the rough, if you will. I mean, 2017, he was part of Jeff Brom's very first recruiting class. Of course, Brom didn't have much time to put that class together. When you get a job like that, you have to hustle. Derek was rated as the two-star recruit out of Covington, Kentucky. And, boy, he played right away as a freshman. I remember he started the game at Wisconsin. And uh, off and away he was, and it really became a key member of that defense. Uh, a guy who just lays it on the line, Jared. I mean, that one year in 2019, they moved him to the defensive end, didn't complain. He ended up being a very good pass rusher off the edge. I tell you what, I think the guy, he's going to get picked, Jared. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Probably, about a, probably about a fourth-round pick. He's versatile. He can help you on special teams. Plus, he's just a good guy. So it's always nice to see somebody, uh, you know, achieve success. Uh, He's also obviously a very good person, too. Yeah, uh, I love that guy. And uh, when he made that transition back to linebacker, I, I, nobody took more advantage of their opportunity, I think, uh, this year than uh, Barnes did. Uh, I would not have any problem with him being on my NFL team, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, we just got done talking yesterday. Some people were upset about the uh, recruiting class. I said it was only 14 guys. And I said, you know, there, there's how many high school football players out there, Tom? And you've got. With like 10, 15 guys giving these kids star ratings, they're not even going to some camps. I mean, they can't be out watching all these guys. You just you don't know. And, and, and then there's something else to remember about, about this, too, so fans don't get in a tizzy. Um, remember that Purdue's also bringing in three kids out of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Joseph Anderson, the defensive end from South Carolina, they're bringing in O.C. Brothers, the Auburn linebacker, and they're bringing in Tyler Witt the guard from Western Kentucky, and those count against your numbers as well. And they're bringing in a walk-on running back, who probably could be on scholarship, from UNLV, a kid named Dylan Downing, who's from Carmel, Indiana. And also remember this too, Jared, four seniors are returning, and their scholarships have to be accounted for too. Jackson Ansip's coming back, and Greg Long on offense. Defensively, Anthony Watts, Samisi Fakasiecki as well. So in some ways, you can kind of almost count those four guys, the, the, the portal guys as well, as part of your recruiting class in some ways. Whew. I didn't think about that kind of stuff there, too. I, I wish there was a better – I wish they could just go blanketed. Hey, if they want to come back and they're on scholarship, then those scholarships don't count against your limits so you don't mess up with the rotation. Because, I mean, there are young guys that now miss out on opportunities because these guys decide to stay. I mean, that's I – mean, 
that's that's life. And unfortunately, there's uh, you know some high, there's going to be some freshmen here that will miss out on opportunities, huh? Yeah, it's it's a unique circumstance. I think the guys Purdue has coming back, the seniors and grad students, I think can all be very helpful to the team. Obviously, Greg Long is going to pencil him in for right tackle again. He's going to be an anchor. We all know what Jackson Antip can do. A great team guy, and of course Anthony Watts is going to be the premier defensive tackle on the roster. Maybe one of the better ones in the Big Ten. And then, you know, Samisi Fakasieki is a guy who can play on the edge, or he can play linebacker. A try-hard guy who's going to have a role as well. So, um, just nice pieces to have, especially the pieces on defense, Jared. Mm-hmm. A defense that we all know is really under some scrutiny here with three new assistant coaches, a new coordinator. That's the side of the ball that. I think we all know that probably has the most to prove. Hey, you know my philosophy on defense. You just blitz them all and you, you let uh, the officials sort it out. That's the way I go. But these guys get paid much more money to uh, to be uh, slightly more measured than I am. Uh, that's Don Deanhart, goldenblack.com. Lots of football news today because that's exactly what you need to be talking about at the beginning of February is college football. That's the way it works out these days. Hey, Tom, uh, by the way, before I let you go, who's your big pick for uh, Sunday? Oh, my, you know what? I got to go Chiefs, my friend. Uh, maybe it's because I'm jealous of Tom Brady. He's had enough goodwill. He's got enough Super Bowl titles. Let's share it. I know the Chiefs won it last year, but it's not. It's hard not to like that, that Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going, I'm going to, I guess, give the three points and take the Chiefs if the line is still three. I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's still three. Yeah, Tom Brady doesn't get any luck with his you know, model wife and all the money and yeah. stuff, the good looks and <laughs> I'll tell you what, you did say something about Patrick. You know, it's hard not to like Patrick Mahomes in the offense. Let me tell you, they win a second Super Bowl. You watch. I said the, the feelings on those folks are going to change real quick because if it's one thing we don't like, it's a, it's that dynasty, that domination. We all want to think that we got a chance. And if you don't think you can beat Patrick Mahomes ever, guess what? You're going to be the next Tom Brady and not in the way that he wants to be. That's for sure. Yeah. Great. He seems like a great guy, too. Remember yeah, how close he does. They came? Remember, remember how close they came? Going to the Super Bowl in 2018. Remember, they lost the Pats at home in overtime. Yeah, dude was lined and up off sides in that one, right? Yeah, uh, defense, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you, you have a good memory, too. So that's how close this is. This could be the Chiefs' third Super Bowl in a row. So Andy Reid seems like a good guy, too, but so does Bruce Arians. So, yep. long story short, there's so many great storylines on Sunday. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Just a big event, right? A, a, such a big part of Americana and our culture. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Tom Deanhart, everybody, goldenblack.com, buddy. Uh, you enjoy your weekend. We'll catch up again soon, all right? Hey, thanks for having me, Jared. I appreciate it, buddy. Stay safe and have fun. Will do, buddy. Take care. All right, so you hang right there. We're going to come back, and uh, we'll recap the latest. We'll take a look back at the poll and uh, more as uh, we wrap up the Hammer Down Show next on 1017 The Hammer 101.